Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. After decades of making our name as the nation's leading carry-out-only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, Delivery. For years, they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world. Something delicious is coming. Little Caesars is some big news. They now deliver. From the creators of the $5 Hot and Ready Pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of toppings at the nation's best price. Now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of nation's best price is based on comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings. And the other three pizza chains, comparable large round standard menu custom top pizzas. Sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery fees apply. So come on, get your Little Caesars. It's being brought to your doorstep. You can't beat it. Oh, yeah, by the way, pizza, pizza. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. The great Jim Jackson. Are you a football fan, Jim? You know it's Steelers, baby. Yeah, but didn't you grow up in Ohio? Exactly. <laughs> this is Dan Patrick. Ah, uh, welcome to the program, Hour 2 on this Friday. It's a Traeger Meat Friday. Alan, the IT guy, 11 hours cooking the Traeger Meat Friday dish. Look at that. It, it looks like out of the it's out of the Flintstones. <laughs> is that like a brontosaurus or something? You need a spotter to eat that. Man, that looks good. Like a back brace. 11 hours it took. To cook that. All he did was sit there with a drink in his hand and stare at a grill. True, and you yeah. don't you don't even have to stare at the grill with the Traeger grill. You just use your phone. Right, he could have been inside wolfing down beers. Could have, with the app there. Uh, welcome to the program already in progress. We talked about the uh, NFL and the new deal that's on the table for the players to vote on. Uh, it's not going to be 100%. I don't think uh, the star players are going to be thrilled with this deal. but And it's a 10-year deal, which I find amazing that... If I'm the owners and I can lock up the players at that rate for 10 years, I think that's a great advantage for the owners. And I think the owners have been really aggressive, or somebody from the owner's side has been aggressive in getting information out there. Now the players are going to vote on it as early as today. Don Mattingly, the Marlins manager, going to make him squirm a little bit, ask him about the uh, Astros cheating scandal. By the way, David Ortiz is uh, in the Red Sox camp, and uh, David Ortiz got in front of the media yesterday and had a few things to say. Is David Ortiz employed by the Red Sox? You know if he's a special advisor there? But uh, Big big Poppy was there. Now, I, he works for Fox, but I, that doesn't mean you can't work for a baseball team, as we've seen. But I don't know if Big Poppy is a special advisor there, or just a, a spring training invitee so he can go down there and, you know, teach some people uh, how to hit in the clutch or something. Uh, Big Poppy was talking about Mike Fires. Fires is the guy who's now with the Oakland A's. He was the whistleblower, former Astros pitcher, and Big Poppy had this to say. I, I'm mad at, at, at this guy, the pitcher that came out talking about it, and let me tell you why. Oh, after you make your money, after you get your ring, you decide to talk about it? Why don't you talk about it during the season when it was going on? Why, why, why you didn't say, I don't want to be no part of Oh, now. Nah. So you look like a snitch. Okay. So I think Mike Fires is a snitch here. Well, he's not alone. There are guys who feel the same way. Uh, without Mike Fires, we don't know that the Astros cheated in 2017. Here is a Big Poppy on believing what some of the Astros are saying about Jose Altuve. I heard Correa the other day say to Kenny that Altuve 
had nothing to have to do with he, because he don't like it. And let me tell you, I believe that. But let me tell you what's the problem, man. Just for being part of the group that was doing it, you are guilty as much as everybody else. That's true. I, I want to know who actually benefited from this because it's starting to feel like, hey, uh, I knew it was going on, but I didn't take part in it. Now Altuve, if I'm Altuve and I got in front of the media, I would have been livid if, if I, you know, when they first got in front of the media in spring training, I would have been like, hey, I was never involved in this. You know, don't know anything about this. Didn't agree with anything here. I mean, whatever. It didn't sound like he was, everybody was contrite and apologetic. If I'm not involved in it, this, is, this could cost Altuve his Hall of Fame induction. I'd be a little more aggressive, I would think, in this. But, you know, if you're going to say I didn't take off my shirt or didn't have you rip it off because I had a bad tattoo, okay. But if I'm not involved in this, I'd like to know who was involved in this. Because you start to get the feeling that nobody was really involved in it, and I didn't want to know, and I didn't benefit from this, and I don't know. Big Poppy also said, you know, why didn't Mike Fires come forward when this was going on? To that, I would say to Big Poppy, your Red Sox team is on the hook now to get punished by by the commissioner, probably uh, a week from today. Should somebody have come forward? Are you going to call out those players? Should J.D. JD Martinez come forward? Mookie Betts come forward? You can't be critical of Mike Fires and say, why didn't you come forward earlier? The Red Sox are going to get punished, and of course it's the manager who gets punished. The players don't get punished, but you want the players to come forward in real time and say, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Is he going to call out the Red Sox players? Because I don't think anybody came forward. You know why? Your manager is leading the charge, and you guys are benefiting. Yes. David Ortiz is listed as a special assistant along with Pedro Martinez and Tim Wakefield with the Red Sox. All right. So, uh... Big, Big Poppy uh, had some things to say there. but And I, I don't even get into the, uh, you know, talking about cheating and Big Poppy. He was, uh, you know, the Mitchell report that came out in 2003 and his name was on there. You know, do I have my suspicions? Absolutely. But that's I'm not even putting that into this conversation about Big Poppy. It's just you wanted him to come forward. Nobody in the Red Sox came forward. Yeah, McLovin. Well, it's not even that Big Poppy was on this report, but he definitely played with Manny, who was later busted. Well, that's his best friend. Yeah, but PD's is a little different because I don't think everyone knows who's on PD's a lot. You keep it quiet. Well, right? I'm not saying he should have come yeah. forward there. Right, right. But some people on Twitter are no. saying that. But there is, I do think there is some hypocrisy from leftover and steroid era. Like, they weren't, you know, you're calling fires a snitch, but everybody sort of put their head in the sand when the money was coming in steroid era. Well, there were so many. Now, that was systemic. That's why when people go, you know, the Astros, this uh, scandal is the worst scandal we've ever had. And I go, no, it's not. I mean, steroids changed the game, the entire game, forever. Rendered records meaningless. Astros cheated to win. How deep did they go to, you know, cheat to win? Uh, Did they cheat in the World Series in the playoffs? Who was cheating? To what degree? Okay, we can we can discuss that argument. Steroids has changed the game. This didn't change the game, put a stain on the game. But look at what this. We have an era. We have a steroid era. That changed everything. 
It changed salaries. It changed team success. It changed individual success. It changed, you know, stats. Everything. The Astros cheating scandal, and I do believe there are other teams that do this or have done this and haven't gotten caught. But to say that this is worse, I don't agree with that at all. Not even close, in my opinion. What's the poll question we have, McLovin? So I asked, um, which would you prefer, to work what you work now at the same salary or work an extra day for 30% more? Uh, and actually 64% said work the cur- current five-day week they work. Yeah, whenever you get a raise, you just don't get a raise because you've done a great job. You get a raise because now they want you to do more. And that's really what the owners, I think, are asking the players to do. Hey, you did a nice job there, but you guys want to get more money. Uh, you got to play a 17th game. And it feels like public sentiment is on the owner's side. Like, yeah, of course, you're going to get paid. Why wouldn't you want to do this? 17th game. But you, I, I, I was wondering about this with the Astros scandal. How would Commissioner Goodell have dealt with the Astros? Because you don't have to have all the information in. He can just suspend you and put you on the commissioner's exempt list. But I, I was wondering how Goodell, if he was commissioner, would have handled the Astros. Because it doesn't feel like he would be bowing down to the players' union. He would be like, come on in. I want to talk to you guys. I don't think he'd be given immunity here. I don't think so. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Goodell is known more for punishing you further for not cooperating. Yeah. When just running roughshod over any rules. He's the conduct commissioner. I I, I don't I don't think he would have done what Rob Manfred did. That approach, those personalities. Now, granted, with the uh, his power with the the NFL and the owners, it far surpasses what Rob Manfred has with baseball and going against their players' union. Yes, McLeod. I feel like Adele's been inconsistent over the years. Sometimes he says, "Ah, but it's going to slap you on the wrist," and sometimes he goes all in, like he didn't do enough on Ray Rice. He seems to be want nothing to do with the latest Spygate thing. You know, they're like, you know, although, unless you know differently, it feels like they're going to let that go. I think that he's pushed that off to other people. Yeah, which he should be doing, right? Yes, he should. He shouldn't be involved in all of this stuff. He should have people who who do it, find out, then bring it back to him, then he can make a decision. But, you know, at some point you got to take some things off your plate. I was also wondering with the new collective bargaining agreement, what's that mean for – Patrick Mahomes. Like, what's his salary going to be? What's the salary cap going up to? If you're Dak Prescott, are you waiting for this to be signed? Now it's the 17th game. Remember, if you're under contract, this is according to Darren Ravel, Darren Ravel's sports business reporter. Darren Ravel said the following this morning. NFL owners proposed a maximum of $250,000 for week 17 game check on the contracts that are already signed. And he said this is uh, a bad faith arrangement. 47% of the league starters make more than $250,000 a game. They're capping, according to Darren Ravel, they're capping how much a player gets paid for week 17. And if you're saying, come on, it's $250,000, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is making more than a million dollars. I have a hard time believing this, but I, I, I don't know what the details are on this, but if I'm a star player, I'm going, wait a minute here. You want me to go out there in week 17, 
just to get my, my paycheck, and I don't even get my paycheck. I'm getting that to play in an extra game? Yeah, McClellan. But I don't understand the whole conversation because we know 47% of the money is going to the players. So if they're capping that, then the money's coming to them somewhere else, right? The same money is – the same pool of money is there no matter what, you know. So it doesn't matter. I mean, if they cut the 250, then it's coming to the players some other place, right? I don't know how much is coming to the players. 47%. Well, I don't know how much of that amount that you're talking about goes to each of these players. So 47% of what? And, and then how does that get dispersed? Everybody gets an equal share here? No, I mean, there's, that's the big issue. Are they, They're making it a little more, for lack of a better term, socialistic. Uh, you know, they're, they're spreading out the money is what the, the reports have been. And the lower-paid guys are getting more. The higher-paid guys are not getting as much. And that's why these players are the, you know, the, the haves are probably not thrilled with this. But I bet you the have-nots have a lot more votes when it comes to Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, there's far more players who aren't star players as opposed to, you know, the high-ticket items. Yeah, McClellan. I was saying, you said that uh, you and Andrew are saying that 10 years is, is very long. But if you're the uh, – if your players have such short lifespans, they can't take a risk in NFL. They, they really can't strike that easily, in my opinion, because they, they have such a short career. I just think this so is – dangerous. This a 10-year deal is going to be outdated by year four. It just feels like that. It feels like the players don't care about five years from now. They just think about yeah, this year. Maybe. Jerry in Atlanta joins us. Hey, Jerry, what do you have for me? Hey, Dan, good morning, 6-2-2-10. Question regarding NFL 17 game being played at a neutral site. Uh, you or someone threw out the cities like St. Louis and San Diego, and my question to you is this. Do you think that fan base there is still bitter from losing the team and would not embrace the games? And if not, do you see them maybe playing a whole bunch of these neutral games maybe in Vegas or in L.A. at those brand-new stadiums? Well, I wouldn't be taking those games to where you already have stadiums and teams. Like LA and Vegas are going to have teams. Right. But like St. Louis and San Diego that had a team and then lost it. And then you decided, Hey, let's go play those games there. Maybe to see if we could, because I think expansion's coming and I think it's going to be four teams and it's going to be probably a $3 billion buy-in. And I, I don't know if they would maybe be gauging the fan base to see if they would embrace uh, a team coming back for a second time. Well, if you give them the team uh, in San Diego or St. Louis and they feel like it's their team and not, you know, somebody else's team that you're relocating, they'd probably embrace that. But thanks for the phone call. I hope that if they if – they, I don't want them to go to Germany. And, you know, Andrew Brandt uh, joined us. He's a columnist for the Monday Morning Quarterback, and he said he sees where London's probably going to have eight games. You know, you're not going to have a team in London, but you're going to have an NFL schedule in London. And you'll have eight games, basically eight home games, uh, you know, for, for them, not for these teams. But, you know, Germany, Mexico City, Toronto. I would love it if they went to some of these college stadiums. You know, you played a game at Clemson. Ooh. Played a game at Alabama. Played a game in Tallahassee. Played a, a, a game in Norman, Oklahoma. Played a game in... Uh, Oregon. Like, well, you have the Seahawks there, so uh, I'm trying to think of it. Like uh, Nebraska. You, know, you, you just went to these college stadiums. You gave those people a chance to go see an NFL game who probably don't get a chance. But look, NFL has got smarter people working on this than me. I'm just curious. Yeah. 
Okay, thank you, Paul. No, but you you uh, remember guys like you and guys like us think more about the fan than the bottom line when we're discussing this. Yeah. So we are thinking more about the good of the fans. And that's what I do. It's all about the kids. All, the kids. all about the kids. All right. Uh, prior to the break, we were teasing you. So if you've stayed in your car waiting for us to uh, pay- give you the payoff on this question, I apologize I've taken this long. Uh, Paulie, you want to give the question you asked before the start of the hour. Based on any reason you want to put out there, who right now, mm-hmm. assuming everybody is healthy, assuming everybody is healthy, mm-hmm. is the best basketball player in the world and right. why? Fritzy, I'll start with you. I went with, I was initially going to go Kawhi Leonard, but I'm going with Kevin Durant. I think all around the domination of Kevin Durant, that's the one that I think when he is healthy is the best player in basketball right now. Okay. We don't know how healthy he's going to be coming back from uh, surgery, but you're going with the guy who's injured. McLovin. So traditionally I answer this question, Steph Curry, because (laughs) of his his analytics numbers are so good, but he's getting old. So I'm going to go Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, best player in basketball. Seton O'Connor, Jr., the third. I'm going with an old guy, but I still believe it, LeBron James. Okay. Polyester? Based off needing threes to win the NBA title, and that being Steph Curry, no doubt. A healthy Steph Curry, no doubt. The best player in the world. Yes, because it may not be as spectacular, and he's not as tall as Giannis, but what he does to win is the best. I'm going to say, and you know I'm a LeBron apologist, Greek Freak is the best player in basketball. He's the best player in basketball. Andrew's so mad right now. Can I change the Greek Freak? <laughs> no. No. I'll give you Joel Embiid. <laughs> Can I get Kawhi and Joel? I'll give you Greek Freak and LeBron? That's a good answer. But you guys doubled up on Steph Curry, right? I worry about Greek Freak not being able to shoot in the playoffs. He hasn't shown it yet. That's where Kawhi has shown he can carry you in the finals with his jump shot. Uh, did anybody else have Steph Curry? No, I, I switched to Kawhi. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, but I, I, I gave a shout-out to Steph. Oh, okay. That's nice. I'm sure Steph appreciates yeah, Andrew that. said normally he would say Steph. Oh. But uh, do you know Steph Curry has, like, the highest three-point percentage in, like, history now? His brother, Portland, mm-hmm. or with Dallas, wherever he is. He's a baller, too. Dallas? I was going to say Seth Curry. <laughs> How many has he hit? He's pretty good. Like, he's, like, numbers are going way up with three-point so. percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what he does in the playoffs. He can't do much else. That's his. Yeah, but that's not. You know, but are you worried about? You, you've always said Giannis is amazing, but you're worried that in the playoff situation, can he hit a clutch shot? Well, it's it's just different basketball. It's half court offense and defense. That, that's why Kawhi is so good in the playoffs because he can, he's a great half court player offensively and defensively. And he's added, added the three, but, you know, I, I still think LeBron is better than Kawhi Leonard. I just think the Greek freak is, there's something, I, I find him unguardable. I think he's unguardable. Now, there are guys that you can't stop. I find the Greek freak is unguardable. And if he continues to add range to that three-point shot, we're, everybody's in trouble. Everybody. Take a break here. Don Mattingly. Good buddy of the show, Marlins manager. How many games did they lose last year? 110? And they weren't the worst team. Oh, man. That has to be tough. You go to the ballpark and you know you're going to lose. How do you not take that home with you? We'll talk to Don Matting. I, I want to talk to him about the, uh, the Astros cheating scandal. 
how prevalent does he think this is? Uh, we'll talk to him coming up. It's 20 after the hour. More phone calls as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Back after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. This Saturday is the pay-per-view event of the decade as world champion knockout artist Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder faces Tyson Gypsy King Fury for the heavyweight championship of the world. After their incredible first fight, the two undefeated rivals square up for the second time in one of the most anticipated rematches boxing has ever witnessed. The long-awaited rematch of heavyweight Titans is set as undefeated WBC champion Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder and unbeaten lineal champion Tyson the Gypsy King Fury continue their rivalry Saturday, February 22nd, live from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas and on PPV. That's pay-per-view. Don't miss an historic night live from Vegas, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Buy it now on pay-per-view. And we got something special on our YouTube channel. If you uh, go to that, you can see some fun things. Got a lot of videos on there. Really proud of what we're doing. A lot of uh, historical videos that have to do with the Dan Patrick Show. But that's uh, on our YouTube channel. Yes, Paul? If you want to see Fritzy riding a mechanical bull in the snow for almost eight seconds, it's there. Yeah. Tony you can Shira, stop it now. You can stop it now. Tony Shiraguzzi was making that go pretty fast. It was oh. I was experiencing it as fast. I found out later on that it was on the, like, it was, the novice level. I right. think it was on one out of ten. That's kind of sad. Give me down. Give me down. Give me down. Hernia. <laughs> Did you have your sports hernia? I had a hernia at the time. Yeah, I had like a golf ball sticking out. Oh, so you didn't have a sports hernia. Whatever you want to call it, there was something that looked like a, a golf ball oh, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a groin well, area. I had that at the Miami Super Bowl, not this past one. Like 10 years ago. It's a little ago. frightening. It's painful, but it just it looks even worse than it actually is. Yeah, I just I didn't have to make a big deal about it. I just <laughs> went about my... <laughs> you try to push it in and it pops up. Oh, the other I side. know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dan, I've never had a hernia. Both you and Fritzy have. Once you have it dealt with, do you still have a sports hernia? Or do you have, you, do you have like, past tense? Because Fritzy speaks of it as if it's still active in the system. I, I think you had, but they put mesh in and stuff, yeah. so you're more susceptible. That area has gotten a little weaker where you could re-aggravate it, I guess, that that area could get re-herniated. And you say that that's why you don't exercise, right? That's the only reason. Because of the sports <laughs> hernia. That's the only reason. If I didn't have the hernia, then I'd be like an Adonis or something. I like how these guys just accept it. Like, oh, okay, I understand it. Now, I know. It's like, no, that's not the reason that why. That's not the reason. No, that's not. Uh, I was looking at my... Um, Miami Marlins here. Their record last year was 57 and 105. But uh, our good buddy Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball, just got a contract extension there with the Marlins a couple months back. They finished 40 games back of first place. Don Mattingly, the Marlins manager, joins us on the program. How do you not take all those losses home with you? I mean, you have to take it home to, to some degree because you have to, I think you have to take it personal. Right, you have to take it personal. Make sure that you're doing everything you can uh, to help these guys grow. Again, keep in perspective. You know, I know where the organization's going, and I know what our plan is. And but just to keep that in perspective, make sure I'm continuing to teach, continue to stay upbeat, keep my staff upbeat, and what we're trying to do. Um, and again, just keep taking that silver lining of things and keep trying to grow this thing. 
How often are you getting Astros questions? Not too much. Um, obviously, we weren't a, a, a team or an organization that's been involved with that. Um, not sure we had too many players that were, you know, part of that. So we haven't gotten a whole lot, just the general, you know, your feelings and your opinions on it. All right. Well, then, since you're not getting those questions, let me give you a couple. How did you okay. How did you feel about what? For bringing that up. Yeah. How, I mean, the overall, what they were doing, like how much should this bother us? I think it should bother us to a, a point where we make sure we make the adjustments. Uh, because, Dan, honestly, you could see it coming. And not just with them, just with technology, how good the cameras were getting. Uh, when Instant Replay came in, there were so many more views because of the Instant Replay that you had access to. Uh you could kind of see it coming, and but you 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 wouldn't have you know I don't think anybody thought to this degree, right? And I think that's what bothers us that it, it got it was you know you know to this degree you know bothers you as an industry. You don't want your game looking like that. You don't want the perception of your game uh, in that in that light. Uh, so I I think the fact that you know the commissioner's report. Uh, he's came down on on the organization. Um, everybody has a has an opinion past that, but it, it kind of just adds to the fire for me. You know, I've never seen players on players like this before. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of that attack. And you know, I guess you know, obviously, you never tell a guy what to say or what not to say. But at some point, you hope that hey, we 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 agree that it's wrong. Uh, there was a problem. You hope their guys understand that. But we have to move on as a sport uh, because we have to make changes, and, and the game has to grow. When I say the name Mike Fires, what do you think of? Uh, you know, just I think as a player within the clubhouse, um, you would just like it to have, you know, taken that stance, you know, while he was there. And I think that's the biggest thing, obviously, coming to light. And you can't really, you know, obviously you have to protect another teammates now. But I think as a player, that little thing of, you know, after the fact makes it different than, hey, you, you could have handled it. You could have spoke up right then, right there within a clubhouse situation and maybe you put it into it. What do you think when I say A.J. Hinch? Uh Tough spot for AJ. I know you know. I know AJ. It's a it's a good person, and I think you get caught sometimes as a manager protecting your guys. And you know, at some point, I think you know. I, I feel I actually feel bad for him from the standpoint of you know what he's going through. Obviously, it changes a life, a family life. Uh, you know, you don't know where it goes from here afterwards. But um, I think it's a it's a learning situation for all of us that. You know, as leaders of your club, you've got to stand up for what you believe is right. It sounds like he didn't feel good about it, but he didn't take that next step. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If players are doing it, they're successful. And if you might have one of your veteran players saying, guys, everybody's doing this. Like, I I don't know if A.J. Hinch could have – I guess he could have stopped it. But I I just wonder about – what exactly everybody's role was in something like this and and how prevalent is this you know the red sox are going to get spanked here by the commissioner soon i don't know if there are other teams that 
I mean, I would be shocked if they're the only teams that did this, Donnie. Well, the, the one thing, you know, we, we're, we're going all the way back to 17. And in 17, there, I, I don't believe anything had came out. Because we got a memo, and I believe that started in 18, uh, about the use of technology. So there was nothing that really said you can't do it. And I, and I kind of look at it along the lines of the steroid era, Dan. You know, you knew the steroid, they weren't illegal, right? There was no testing, so you can't say, hey, these things are illegal uh, within the sport, but you know they're wrong. And so it's that's the point where, you know, where you take it. So that's after 17, anything after 17, if it, if it continued, to me, it really gets, because the league had came out and set direct things that you, the way you can and cannot use technology. Yeah, and, and there's nothing on the books right now. And, and there's no deterrent, really, from the standpoint of just, hey, you're going to be embarrassed maybe. They're not taking away a trophy or anything. And if anybody gets punished, it's going to be your manager or general manager here. Now, there, uh, I would go back on that a little bit. There's, there's a lot more in place. Like I said, after 17, uh, the memos came out, the directives came out. Uh, you know, they've made strides within, uh, within the video rooms. Uh, where they had a guy there the last two seasons, you, you couldn't have a camera direct feed onto the you know home plate. They could go down into your dugout. Uh, so there there were things that they were doing. Uh, but see, we're going back to 17 before they had any of those in place, and and so I think teams were probably using technologies to get signs before games, just not to the, the to the degree where you're getting them in real time. But you start getting it in real time and that's when you start getting those, you know, the you know, the banging and stuff like that. That's a whole different thing uh, than than kind of studying the catchers, you know, ahead of the series, knowing what guys' signs they use. Then it's our fault for not having complicated enough signs or switching them, you know, within a game. And so it's a little the real time thing is re- the real problem. Talking to Don Mattingly, the Marlins manager. I had you batting, I think, 352 in 1986, right? I think so, right around there. Okay. Yeah. If you knew the signs that year, what do you think you would have hit? I don't know. I, I look at it differently. If I could have ran, I could have <laughs> run it off. Man. I feel like I could have hit 400 that year. If I could only run uh, I was never a guy there. You know, it's always been going on. A guy gets to second base or guys see stuff with a guy's glove or tipping or doing something. I, I was never a guy that liked it very much because it. I was never confident that that guy got it out there. So I, I wasn't a guy that used it uh, like that, but I look at it like if I could only ran that year, Dan. Do you know how many career stolen bases you have? I probably could count them on, on uh, both hands. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you can count it on your body. You stole 14 bases in 14 years. Oh, wow. Hey, I got two in one game, too, though. I got Oakland twice in one game. Uh, you should have been pacing yourself. You had to be exhausted after that game. I feel bad for that catcher. Who was the catcher you stole two bags on? Well, definitely didn't steal on the catcher. It was probably <laughs> for the pitcher to let me get that kind of lead. Or, or maybe it was a double steal. You were the back end of a double steal. <laughs> it was not. It was not. I got second and third in the same sequence. 
Oh, God. Uh, how's Jeter since that one guy didn't vote for him for the Hall of Fame? Has he, uh, has he been moping around? Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't noticed him moping around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's still amazing, though. I, I just want to know. And, and, look, everybody can vote however you want to vote. I just love to know rationale. That one person who said, this is why I didn't vote for Derek Jeter. What could that rationale possibly be? I'm, I'm with you on that, right? I mean, career hits, championships, uh, played every day, played a long time. Uh, yeah, that's that's for me. How can you look at that vote and go, you know, I just don't see this guy as a Hall of Famer. That's where I have the problem with it. And the thing is, is when it gets to the Hall of Fame, I just believe you just say, is that guy a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? And with Teeter, I don't think anybody – Anybody who's conscious, uh, conscious could say, yeah, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Yeah, I'm with you on that's the thing. I think, again, how can you look at just his numbers and everything he accomplished and then say no to that and vote no? It's great to talk to you, and uh, keep your spirits up there, and uh, congrats on getting your contract extended there. All right. Thanks, Dan. Hey, we're, we're looking uh, – keep an eye on us. We're going to be a lot more competitive. Uh, so it's it's going to be a it's going to be a better year. Like I told our media, um, the media that, that show up is that you know we're going to be disappointed this year if we're not considerably better. So I think we're going to be a, a lot tougher team to, to put away this year. If you make the playoffs, then I'm bringing the show down there uh, to the ballpark. Yeah, for the whole last month. If we're in the hunt, you should be there the whole last. Oh no no month. no, we can't do that. I mean, you got to okay. make the playoffs, Donnie. Come on. We're just negotiating. I'm trying. I'm going for the top, right? And then if we end up at 15 days, then we're good. And what's the over-under of ejections for you this year? i got to stay low. i got a new bench coach, and James, I don't want to put him under the gun, uh, James <laughs> Rouse. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay calm this year, Dan, like I always say. But I did tell James, I said, you got, you got to make sure you're up to speed because I'm probably going to get out of a few of these. Will you get thrown out of a game before June 1st? I'm going to say no on that. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to, I'm going to right. yeah. I think in May you're going to get steamed. Okay, we'll see. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident, Dan. A lot of yoga. <laughs> yoga? Yeah, a lot of zen, you know, <laughs> peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I want to see you in yoga poses in the dugout, though, calming your mind here during a game. Seeing you on one leg in the tree pose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going on. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Don. All right, Dan. Thanks. John Mattingly, Mr. Yoga. I went to yoga last night, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, went to yoga. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. It's it's the Bikram, the hot yoga. I'm trying. I, I feel better after I've done it. It's just I feel horrible when I'm doing it. Is that the placebo? Like, um, like it's, I, I believe those mud baths you know people take, and then you feel so good afterwards. Well, anytime you wash mud, mud off your body, you're going to feel a lot better. Mm. People don't like it. Is there any placebo effect to it? I think yoga works, but is the, the hot part, being uncomfortable, is, is, it, is that at all mental? Uh, to me, it's all physical because I, I have a hard time getting into any pose I always have to say, I can't get into that pose. What what can I do instead? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, when you're the doing the modified pose. Oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's like you're in you're at the kiddie table at Thanksgiving. I, I'm at the kids' table of at yoga. Yeah, see. You've done it though. You've been in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's but not. isn't all working out as soon as you're done working out, you feel better? Like there's just like a chemical reaction in your body and in your brain that causes you to feel better. Like you go for a run and you run uh, two miles or something. It's gonna stink while you're doing it, but then after it, you're like, man, I'm glad I went for that run. I feel good. Not that I would know, but that's the endorphins I think kicking in. Thank you, you John. Like and you could check the box mentally that you did some kind of exercise that day, so you feel a little bit better about yourself. But who? What exercise do you feel good doing? None. That's that's, all, that's like the whole point. If I do a spin class, I feel good when I'm doing it. What? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I kill it in there. It is. When I when I get on my bike and spin, I'm killing it. Danny, in the back. <laughs> they all yelling at you. But I never get a shout-out from the teacher. Never. You? Nope, never. Do you think they're trying to downplay you, you being the famous guy in class? Well, not the famous guy because nobody knows. They're all, you know, women in there, Greenberg, girls in there. Mike Greenberg gets shout-outs. Greenberg gets excited when I'm there next to him on my bike, which happened one time, which was really, really weird. It's a, it's a, a room with 60 bikes, and my bike was next to Mike Greenberg. <laughs> hey, Greeny. Yeah, so I did yoga. Did he tell you to get up? Because you can't always yeah, stay in the get seat. Up. You yeah. have to sometimes they want you off there. <laughs> Take a break here. We'll be back on this Meet Friday with some Meet Friday songs after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. I think we have a hockey play that we're supposed to be playing right now. And... Alex Ovechkin, 699 with a dart. There's no one in the league that shoots the puck harder, and there's no one in the league that shoots rolling puck better than the Capitals' captain. And he's one away from 700. And he goes for 700 against the Devils in Jersey tomorrow night, courtesy of NBC. Yes, yeah. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Even more amazing. Discover is accepted at over 95% of the places in the United States that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, limitations apply. Got some Meet Friday songs, a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hey, Jeff. What up, though, Dan? Hey, How's everything today, fellas? Everything's great. That meat on the grill. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, my friend. Hey, listen, um, you were talking about uh, uh, getting more responsibility you know, with job titles and stuff like that. When I was a rookie, they said, you want to go down to Tiger Stadium? I said, sure. I said, the Tigers are losing. Nobody's barely at the games, and you get to leave afterwards. What I didn't know is that 
if you're down there doing the Tigers game, you also have to do the Red Wings when they play. And that was around the time that the Red Wings were winning. Sending drunk people home, man, trying to figure out where your car is at. Oh, my goodness. It, it was like, damned if I did, damned if I didn't. And my question to you is this. What happens to the preseason games? Will they still have the same amount? Will the preseason games still have, you know, because right now it seems like that last one, people are like, ah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder well, what they, that would do for the preseason. They're, uh, they're going to reduce preseason probably to three games. I, I don't know that's official, but uh, that's what I was told. Thank you, Jeff. By the way, Jeff was a police officer in Detroit. That's what he was talking about when you go to the Tiger games and then you'd have to do the Red Wings. Uh, our stats guy, uh, Tim said no need to call out Don Mattingly, but he never had two stolen bases in a game. Uh, he said one of his steals came against Oakland, and then he advanced to third on a wild pitch. Maybe that's where he was confused. He can't get anything by us, even if you're trying to admit he had two stolen bases in a game. Yes, you. I like that. Our stats guy had to fact check him. Let me <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> Let me see if he really did that. I don't know if he fact-checked me saying what Don Mattingly's batting average was in 1986, <laughs> but he fact-checked Donnie on two. I think he was saying there's no way Mattingly had two stolen bases in a game. Yeah, Paul. First of all, I like to check if our stats guy is a Red Sox fan. Secondly, the guy Mattingly is a legend. He has 14 stolen bases in 14 years, and I did the math. That's an average of one a year. Don't besmirch him. Let him, let him fib a little bit. Yeah. Uh, got some Trigger Me Friday songs here. I'm going to start with John in Las Vegas. The bad ones are good. John in Las Vegas. Here's Evan in Las Vegas. with uh, some Steely Dan. Pretty good. Here is Campbell in Texas. Yes, Bam. One week, next week, Friday. You know your week, you know your week. Trigger kills on you from the end. 
takes a shot. Yeah, Paulie. He rhymed one eye and Foley's guy for me. That's nice. <laughs> Bare naked ladies. Campbell in Texas. Send them in. Got to be a minute or less as we get ready for our meat madness. Final hour coming up. Seaton, Paulie, Prince, and McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. <laughs> 